Welcome everyone to another episode of FF Plus, your spoiler-free outlet for movie reviews, entertainment recommendations, and discussion. I'm your host, Aaron White, and I have two new reviews for you on this show. We will jump right on in. The format here is straightforward. I'll talk about what I like and what I didn't. I'll keep it simple, short, and spoiler-free. The first film is Not Okay from Searchlight Pictures. It stars Zoe Dooch, Dylan O'Brien, Mia Isaac, and Imbeth Davids. It is directed by Quinn Shepard and written by Quinn Shepard. What's it about? Desperate for friends and fame, a young woman fakes a trip to Paris to gain followers, but a terrifying incident takes place and becomes part of her trip. What I really enjoyed the most about this film is just how satirical it is in the way it looks at influencer culture, and specifically the way in which this culture affects our view of ourself and the way that it can really just enhance feelings of loneliness, feelings of being left out of things, of wanting to be loved, wanting to be praised. At the beginning of the film, the main character, Danny Sanders, played by Zoe Dooch, actually says something to this effect. She says, have you ever wanted to be noticed so badly that you don't even care what it's for? You just want to be seen. I want to be important. I want to have purpose. I want to be known. I want to be loved. And she ends it with a little bit of a cautionary statement be careful what you wish for. And that's what we see play out over the course of this film is just this person who is kind of quietly desperate for something of interest to happen in her life that can break her out of this rut where people kind of think of her as invisible. And so she fakes this trip to Paris, as I mentioned. Uh, An extremely traumatic event happens while... She is quote-unquote there, and from that, she makes the poor choice of continuing this lie and therefore having to essentially get into this habit of telling bigger and bigger lies. It becomes a bigger and bigger cover-up, and one thing just leads to another. It's just a whirlwind or a snowball effect that comes from this one choice that she made, and there are all of these benefits that happen and there are potential consequences that she will have to deal with. And I think that Quinn Shepard, her writing is just so sharp. It is so strong in this movie. Danny herself is a very unlikable protagonist. Zoe Ducha's performance is fantastic because there's not anything to really root for, but you go through moments where you kind of want things to work out for her because she starts to maybe get it a little bit, but she's not reconciling the choices, the bad choices that she made. And so I think that that is such wonderful writing that can balance what is pretty much a, a very high energy and bouncy dark comedy with these occasional really powerful moments of seriousness and drama that are, I think, there to hopefully allow for audience reflection and a time for us to look at it and go, hey, 
this character could be any one of us, you know, maybe not this exact same thing, but there are things that we can see here in the way the story plays out that we can take away from it, right? And and see and, and look at the way that the world is and why we feel the way we do and consider what healthy alternatives to what we see on the screen and an entertaining way that it plays out though it is, could potentially be. Dylan O'Brien plays this guy named Colin. He's a cool dude, according to people that see him in the movie. If you've seen the cheeser trailer, you'll know he is kind of a, got a buzz cut and blonded out hair. He's got this giant marijuana leaf tattoo on his neck. He's kind of, that's his thing, is he's marijuana obsessed, and he's an influencer himself. He is kind of like a fake persona, and symbolizes this type of person that gets famous and everybody kind of gravitates towards and everything he does is for the gram, right? There's a point in this film where the characters go to an influencer party and that is exactly what it was like. It actually reminded me on a much lesser scale. I used to go to Yelp Elite events for a couple of years. I was a Yelp Elite reviewer and we got to go to like unique special tastings, and, and I felt so special. I, I would, you know, put it on my Instagram and on my Facebook, and I would get swag from it. And then now, you know, it's almost like being a film critic. Like, there's a sense of that as well, something to take pride in. And it's hard. Sometimes you have to really think about, like, what you're doing and the reasons that you're doing it and what is the persona that you're putting out on the internet and why. And, why. and you have to be careful with that. Uh, it's such a quick hitter of dopamine when you get those likes when people download and listen to your podcast that you're doing right now this movie really is just such a great examination of that stuff while being wildly entertaining in my opinion also can't go without noting mia isaac is in this film i mentioned her in last week's show when i was reviewing the movie don't make me go she is Amazing in this as well. She plays a fellow trauma survivor group member and ultimately someone that is a character that is there to kind of show Danny what a real trauma survivor is going through. And the way that they play off of each other and their relationship develops, I really enjoyed. But Mia Isaac is just fantastic and so wonderful and an absolute rising star. I cannot wait to see where her career goes. I, I would bet money right now it's going to take off big time in the next couple years. So remember that name. And then lastly, this movie has a great soundtrack, specifically a great soundtrack use, especially one specific Avril Lavigne song that occurs at probably one of my most favorite scenes in the film. I just thought that the choices that Quinn Shepard made Throughout the film, the places that she uses music and how she does so is really, really great. So this will be available streaming on Hulu on July 29th. And I definitely say you got to watch this. If this was in a theater, I might be like, eh, you know, it'd be a fun one to go see. But it's not a movie that by any means has a great cinematic quality to it or is, you know, you really need to go and see in that way. This is a perfect example of a movie that is coming straight to streaming and all eyes should be on it because I have very little negative to say about it. I don't think it's a masterpiece 
think that at times it can kind of go a little bit overboard in its campiness, but it's so much fun that you can overlook that. So I think that it is going to resonate with a large, large amount of the population. This is a topic that we are all dealing with, and it's carried out and managed in a way that doesn't necessarily make anybody feel bad about themselves. It's just more of a, hey, look at how it could go if you let it get out of control type of scenario. So I'm definitely recommending this for pretty much everybody to stream at home when it becomes available. The other film we have to discuss today is Nope from Universal Pictures. It stars Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, Stephen Yoon, Michael Wincott, Brandon Perea, Ren Schmidt, Keith David, Donna Mills, and Terry Notary. It's directed by Jordan Peele and written by Jordan Peele. What's it about? After random objects falling from the sky result in the death of their father, ranch-owning siblings OJ and Emerald Haywood attempt to capture video evidence of an unidentified flying object. With the help of tech salesman Angel Torres and documentarian Antlers Holst. Oh boy, what a movie. This is by far the most blockbustery thing that Jordan Peele has ever done. He is really going for it in this one. And there is a decent amount of stuff to like. And I think I'll start with that. The movie looks great. The cinematographer for this one is Hoyt Van Hoytima. Uh, he has done many of Christopher Nolan's movies. The, and I think that he just has a phenomenal sense of vision. And the, there are some shots in this movie that are the kind that you notice. And that's when you know the cinematography is great, is when you have characters doing a thing on the screen and it's a holding it in the frame for a moment and you almost are taken out of paying attention to what is happening in the story because you're like, wow, this just looks amazing. Quite a few times that that happens in this one. Also, incredibly interesting design choices. It's very difficult to say more than that because I don't want to spoil anything for you. But with regards to the unidentified flying object that is referenced in the synopsis and in the trailers, the way that it is designed kind of blew me away a little bit and is not quite what you are going to expect. And then later in the film, there's a sort of evolution of sorts to some of the things that we are introduced to that are also incredibly interesting design choices. I liked what was going on here a lot. I liked it conceptually as well. The ideas behind this part of the story with the UFO. I liked the Western setting for the most part. I, I don't know that I cared at all that these two people's brother and sister were part of a rancher family and that they had horses and part of the story is like goes into this deeper backstory of the fact that they were the first ever horse trainers to work in Hollywood and so they go back their family ranch to the Haywood Ranch goes all the way back to the beginnings of film none of that really mattered to me honestly I I thought the horses were there because they kind of needed to be 
as a little bit of a part of the narrative for this particular story and the way it's being told, but I liked the setting enough. It gives the story the opportunity to be out in this sparse desert area, which it also really needed to have for this to work in the way that they wanted it to. So the Western setting was unique enough that I found it interesting. There's also a lot of laugh out loud dialogue. I mean, my screening, and this was not just press, there was moviegoers there as well. Lots of fans, packed theater. And there was lots and lots and lots of laughter. At one point, one of the characters, well, Daniel Kaluuya, I was going to try and like talk around it, but at one point, he's holding up a camera phone and he is trying to get a shot of something that is a lot creepy in the moment. And we don't know what it is. We don't know whether or not he should be scared of it. There's just a lot of tension in the room. And from the back, you hear somebody scream out, Come on, man, now run. You're doing what white people do. And honestly, she was right. He was. <laughs> and it and it played out pretty hilariously. It was a lot of laughs from that, too. But there are just a ton of great moments, specifically between Kiki and Daniel, who are brother and sister in the film. The dialogue between them, the banter, especially Kiki. I think she gives a great performance. This is an interestingly not deep character. And that's one of its flaws, but the dialogue delivery is on point, not just with regards to the vocalization, but with regards to her body language and her facial expressions and her demeanor. There's a lot of great stuff that these two do in the movie that had me just enjoying the lines that were coming out of their mouth. I also think that this just has... A really cool setup. It's almost John Carpenter esque, which is cool since this is one of the anniversary of the thing happening right now. I think it's the 40th anniversary, like say 82 to two. Yeah, so the 40th anniversary of the thing is just taking place. And so thinking about that and then the, how much this resembles a John Carpenter sci fi horror type of story with some of that campy comedy. The problem is that Jordan Peele tries to mix that blockbuster formula with an overly dense narrative that I do not feel carries the thematic weight that it needs to or does not reveal it in a way that makes it impactful enough. And so it ends up becoming very messy, honestly. So it's a fun film, but a messy film. Peel is very heady. He is very creative. Like this guy is so smart and his directing choices within the scene themselves, I like them a lot. But I think he struggled here and he has in the past as well, but he really struggles here to put those parts together into something that is cohesive and something that provides a more meaningful experience than just a popcorn flick. And and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a popcorn flick. I, I love my popcorn movies as well, but the problem is he's trying to make it more than that. And so because of that and because it doesn't work, it takes away from the enjoyment of the popcorn side. I, I hope that is making sense. And it will once you see the movie, if you go check it out. I, I'm almost 
positive of that. What I was saying earlier about the characters is they frustratingly lack pretty much any character development. So the way that they are introduced at the beginning of the movie, they are the exact same at the end of the movie. They don't go on any sort of emotional journey. And, and it was tough because I cared what happened to them, but I was not emotionally attached. There was a moment in the film where someone was potentially going to be in major, major danger, like in the climax, and I didn't shed a tear. I didn't get really that nervous. I was just kind of like, okay, what's going to happen? It just doesn't build up that way, and I really wanted that out of this movie because there is a lot of, there's some Spielbergian attempts in this, but gosh, don't get it twisted. This is not Spielberg with regards to how it pulls at your heartstrings and how it connects you to a family in the same way. And with regards to this overly heady and thematic weight that doesn't really do anything, is there's some editing choices and some subplots and characters in this that he tries to tie into this bigger idea. And, and he's clearly going for some metaphors about how white people do take everything and how the media takes things away and, and how uh, black people and minorities in particular historically have had things taken away from them and have lacked success, lacked fame, lacked financial reward for things that they have actually been responsible for accomplishing. And therefore what happens when you're going really hard to try and make up for that it's sort of what's going on here, but again, like it doesn't play out in the the way that makes this an entertaining wall-to-wall experience. There's dips, there's peaks, and there's valleys, unfortunately. So I still think that Jordan Peele has a masterpiece in him. I really do. He is supremely talented, and he has shown us that he can do amazing things. For me, I haven't seen one yet, but I think that it will come one day. Nope is available in theaters on July 22nd. I'm going to say, yeah, I recommend it. I think that a big screen is going to be a good thing for this movie. It's got IMAX photography, so that cinematography is really going to pop. It's got really good sound design as well. Uh, It's got a little bit of horror, a little bit of blood and gore. Not a lot. Don't worry. Not a lot. It's got a little bit of a sci-fi tinge. It's got that western to it it's just there's a lot it's got it's definitely got urban nature to uh, some of the characters it's it's a intriguing mix and it's worth checking out just to see what someone this creative can come up with whether or not it all works for you or not so yeah i mean despite the fact that it's not anywhere near the masterwork that i was hoping for i will always want jordan peele to make it's certainly one that's probably worth seeing. Well, that's it for this week on FF+. Plus. I hope that some of this information will help you make a decision. And if you do see one of the films that I talk about, as always, let me know. You can find me on social media on Twitter at Aaron L. White. That's A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E. Same handle on Letterboxd. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me in the Feelin' Film Facebook discussion group. There's links to all this good stuff in the show notes as well of every episode. If you enjoy the show, please help us out. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast and some kind words 
or rate us, review us on Spotify, really wherever you're listening. It does do us a lot of good. I'll be back soon. Until then, keep watching and keep feeling film.